Welcome to the Thrive Podcast from Syngenta, where the latest news, farming tips, and innovations come together to educate and inspire. Welcome back to another episode of the Syngenta Thrive Podcast. The season is upon us, and today we'll be talking about some of the things on growers' minds, such as early season weeds and soybean insect pests. We've got Pete Ure with us right now. He's the technical product lead for herbicides at Syngenta and was a total farm kid growing up in eastern North Carolina. Pete, growing up on a farm, you must be very familiar with the early season weed challenges on a field. Uh, so, yeah, the funny story about it uh, is a as a kid on the farm, uh, one of the one of the jobs I had was to pull weeds. Um, and so uh, it was actually That's pulling funny. weeds and peanuts. And uh, and I realized real fast that there had to be a better way. And so that's actually what uh, what steered me uh, to a, to the weed science or weed scientist uh, field. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny what, what pulling weeds will do. It gives you some time to think about things, right? That's hilarious. Steered the memory of pulling weeds in your mind and you decided nobody else should have to suffer this way. Speaking of, what are some of the major weeds that growers are having to deal with early on in the season? So it depends on where you're at, right? There's there's places that they're dealing with a, a wide variety of weed species, um, but but really, you know, if you if you look at the where research is being conducted or um, or what is driving grower decisions right now, uh, it's all around the amaranthus species, and so your Palmer amaranth as well as your water hemp. Um, they're the ones that are helping drive a lot of decisions at the farm level um, because these can not only be competitive with the crop, uh, they can be troublesome during harvest, they can reduce your grain quality, um, but also they can produce hundreds of thousands of seed. And, and that's not only going to hurt you this year, but it's going to Im- impact your weed management decisions uh, the next year. There's also some some other weed species like giant and common ragweed, morning glory, velvet leaf, lamb's quarter, um, prickly cider, kochia. Those can also be uh, significant competitors with the crop, uh, competing for light, water, nutrients, and so forth in the season. And um, so anything we can do to get these species under control early in the season will stop them from competing with the crop. It'll help us have clean fields through the season and uh, and maximize our yield potential. Which is obviously the ultimate goal, to have clean fields and as much yield potential as possible. So what makes these weeds so difficult to control? So like Palmer amaranth and water hemp, um, they're, they're natives of the Sonoran Desert. And so they're used to really tough environments or a really challenging dry environment. So in a field setting, uh, you're giving this these weeds a lot of... Uh, a lot of leverage because they're they're designed to be competitors to survive in advance, right? And um, and so these these if not controlled um, early in the season, they're going to merge with the crop. Um, and then once they hit about two inches in height, they can grow rapidly. Um, you you know you'll hear reports of them growing uh, of a of a Palmer amaranth growing uh, inch or two in a in a day or two period, uh, which is which is uh, phenomenal to think of a plant doing so, uh, doing so much growth in such a short amount of time, but under those optimum conditions, it can do that. And and then quickly you have a, a four to six inch weed that's really tough to control. Um, and, and that's what we don't want to fi- find ourselves doing early in the season is, is being behind 
on our lead management uh, because we know that's certainly going to make the rest of the season more challenging. That's really interesting that they're native to a desert. I had no idea. So if they can survive that, like you said, stick them in prime growing conditions and yeah, they're going to just completely take over. So then are there any cultural best practices that are recommended to help growers get off to a clean start early in the season? Starting clean is probably one of the most important things you can do to set the foundation for a successful season. Um, and whether that's using a, a burn down product or um, a, some sort of tillage system or, or even a cover crop to ensure your fields are clean early in the season is, is really important to minimizing that early season weed competition. Um, another thing is good agronomics. Good agronomics will never steer you wrong, uh, whether you're you know using the using narrow rows to to reduce the time to uh, crop canopy, um, increasing your plant populations to to ensure that you get quick canopy as well as a uh, uh, quick growth of the crop, and then uh, proper plant health, you know so good nutrition, uh, good good fertility plan in place uh, that will promote crop growth. Uh, the all these things around agronomics will allow your crop to be more competitive with weeds and in some cases even help reduce the emergence of weeds because some weeds are dependent on having uh, sunlight hit the ground to germinate um, or that kind of activates the germination, so to speak. Uh, and so anytime you can you can shade out the soil, uh, you're going to have fewer weeds emerge. And then and then lastly, this is this is a holistic approach here, but weed seed bank management. And what that ultimately means is preventing weeds from ever going to seed. That's the best long-term strategy uh, we have for managing weeds. Yeah, that's good. You mentioned cover crops and you also mentioned weather. Obviously, weather has an impact on everything. Um, how does that play into early season weed management? Cover crops are very beneficial. Um, for a variety of reasons. I mean, you know, just beyond weed control, you know, erosion control. Uh, it, it prevents uh, soil erosion, you know, during uh, wind and rain events. Um, nutrient management can help you manage some of your, your nutrients as well as some some uh, cover crops actually make nu uh, nutrients such as uh, your legume cover crops making nitrogen. Um, and then from a, a water management standpoint, the ground's not going to dry out as fast. So, so that's going to preserve some moisture for you under dry conditions. And all of those things will make can make your crop more competitive with weeds. Uh, then from an overall holistic weed management perspective, um, these these weeds can or these these uh, cover crops um, can provide excellent ground cover or ground shading. And, and this will reduce the number of weeds that emerge in crop. Uh, and we we've done some research around uh, cover crop uses, and and what we found is that when we utilize a cover crop with a, a pre-emergence residual herbicide, uh, along with a timely post-emergence product uh, with residual activity, uh, we will deliver a clean field. Wow, so many benefits. So, what about weather? How does that impact early season weed emergence? Yeah, so this is the wild card for agriculture. You know, every every year is different. Um, and, you know, with some years being drier than others, and and some years being wetter. Um, and then and then it depends on where you're at. You know, we, we've experienced uh, extreme uh, 
uh, rainfall events during planting season. We've seen the challenges that brings and we've seen extreme drought conditions. And so it really, it can make uh, production a challenge. It can make getting things planted a challenge. We know that when we do not start with a pre-emergence product, uh, weeds will emerge with your corn and your soybeans. And then any delays in your post-emergence application due to uh, rain, wind, or equipment issues uh, will allow the weeds to compete with the crop. So this makes your, your post-emergence control more difficult in, in season. Um, it increases the likelihood of, of making applications to larger weeds. Um, and this can uh, allow that weed to, to compete with the crop and potentially limit your yield potential. Um, and so this goes back to some I mentioned earlier, you know, starting with a solid weed management plan um, by planting, planting into clean fields without weeds, applying a residual herbicide and making a timely post-emergence herbicide. This all gives you the best shot at maximizing yield potential, keeping your fields clean, reducing the likelihood of any weed seed production that could hinder your your management decisions next season. And, and so just having a plan goes a long ways when it, when it comes to weed management. That's the one thing I hear over and over and over. Have a plan, stick to the plan, adjust as needed, but have a plan. Why is that pre and post-emergence combination key? If I'm talking to my, my dad or my brother who farms, you know, what do I do? You're talking about a plan, Pete, but what, what does that really mean? And, and so I think it means not having weeds in the field at planting. Um, using a pre-emergence residual herbicide that uh, doesn't, uh, that controls the weeds, but also has excellent crop safety, so it doesn't hold your crop back. Um, making timely post-emergence applications, avoiding applications on, on five, six, seven, eight inch tall weeds and being out there before the weeds reach four inches um, and having that as a target is important uh, to having successful control with those post-emergence products that we have available today. And then in your post applications, using overlapping residuals. These will, these will take out the need or reduce the need for uh, subsequent post-emergence applications. Uh, so multiple post-emergence applications can can they take a lot of time and they take a lot of money. So if you can if you can make one post application in season uh, and and with your overlapping residual, reduce the need for another, that's important. Um, and then at the end of the day, you know, if you if you see weeds in your field as the crop matures, um, do everything you can to prevent them from going to seed. Uh, because it, you know, if you look past that problem this year and you let those weeds stay in the field and go to seed they will be next year's problem. And so let's be aggressive. Let's, let's, uh, that we've, we've got a high value corn and, and soybean crop. So let's set ourselves up for long-term success by not allowing weeds to go to seed. When formulating an application plan, pre-emergence and post-emergence, what do you guys recommend? And does it change from year to year or is it kind of the same every year? And if so, how does it change? Utilizing a weed management program that includes robust uh, product use rates of products is, is key. Acuron has performed extremely well in corn. Um, it, it's, it's, it's a leader 
uh, it's, it provides that long-lasting broad-spectrum control that you expect out of a product that has four active ingredients and three sites of action. Uh, and then in soybeans, uh, we just launched a new brand uh, named Tendovo. Uh, it's going to keep fields cleaner longer than, um, than you've seen in the past with its uh, three active ingredients and three sites of action. Um, and so using tools like that that have multiple layers of, of uh, protection built in them at the right rates that give you robust performance, all of those are really key key tools to incorporate. But, but I also just want to add to that, uh, you know, is that incorporating overlapping residuals into your weed management program uh, is important. And what that really means is you're just using a pre-emergence product followed by a post-emergence product that has a residual herbicide in it. We've seen um, Acuron uh, apply pre-emergence followed by a Halix GT early post-emergence. This delivers a strong pre-emergence product followed by post-emergence control and post-emergence residual. Uh, and this will get you to harvest uh, with clean fields and, and uh, maximum, maximum yields. Um, and then you could also lead with a, a Lumax or Lexar, follow that with uh, Acuron GT post-emergence. This will provide you with excellent weed control and crop safety um, to, to see you to the end of the season uh, for, those, for the yields you're looking for. Yeah, you caught up some great products like Lumax Easy, Lexar Easy, Acuron GT, and Tendovo. And what I'm hearing and really want to underscore is that there are excellent, effective options out there for growers to manage those early season weeds to help those fields stay cleaner and greener. Thank you so much, Pete. Um, up next, we have Jessica Taylor and John Koenig joining us to talk about pesky pests in soybeans and a newly available tool growers can have in their toolbox to increase their control of key insects. Now that we've covered the early season weed side of things, let's get into insect pests since that's another big challenge that growers face each season. So growers recently lost a major tool that they had to control insects, which is chlorpyrifos. So while Indigo ZC insecticide from Syngenta has traditionally been a steady and effective product for pest management in soybeans, there's now a newly available product from Syngenta called Indigo ZCX insecticide, which is a powerful formulation that um, steps in to fill the gap there. So definitely a win for growers needing to replace chlorpyrifos. Um, I'm with Jessica Taylor and John Koenig, product marketing lead and technical product lead for insecticides at Syngenta. So thank you both um, so much for taking the time to be with me today. I'm excited to hear all about this product. Let's go ahead and dive in. Sure. Endigo ZCX is a novel, optimized or enhanced formulation of the Endigo brand and provides more than 30% more total active ingredient than an equivalent rate of the ZC formulation does. And what that means for growers is that the Endigo ZCX formulation provides for full rates. That is, the rates that you would find on single AI labels of both the active ingredients in Endigo ZCX across all labeled row, vegetable, and specialty crops. And the result of this for the grower is that it ensures robust and consistent performance. So you asked about what pests Endigo ZCX can help manage. Soybean aphid would be a primary pest, and Endigo ZCX is an excellent material for control of soybean aphid. The other thing that growers can experience in a northern soybean is pockets of pyrethroid-resistant soybean aphid. 
there are some areas in southern Minnesota and northern Iowa where the pyrethroids don't work quite as well as they used to against soybean aphid. And we've been able to demonstrate that Endigo ZCX is, is very effective even against those populations that are pyrethroid resistant. When we look at Endigo ZCX compared to either the ZC formulation or to competitive products, we just see longer residual. And what I, what I mean by longer residual is in the uh, really keeps populations down compared to those other formulations for an additional seven to 10 days. John, I know soybean aphids are an important pest control. So what kind of damage um, does that and some of the other insect pests do or cause that can ultimately affect that yield potential? Well, in the north, you know, the soybean aphid is a sucking pest. So it it feeds on plant tissue and, uh, you know, extracts the sap from the plant. And um, that just results in, you know, overall... um, Poor growth of the plant and poor growth results in in poor yields typically. Japanese beetles are are leaf feeders. They can defoliate the plant. Uh, Same would be true for bean leaf beetles. So it's a little bit different type of damage that you see uh, from aphids compared to beetles. When you get to the south, the soybean looper is a pest that doesn't necessarily occur every year, but it can be really devastating when it does. It can completely strip the plant foliage from entire fields. And of course, a, a, a soybean plant without leaves doesn't do a very good job of uh, putting on pods. So again, you're really affecting the yield. Xeon technology is a strong product feature of both Indigo ZC and Indigo ZCX. So tell me a little bit about Xeon encapsulation technology and how that specifically impacts product performance. Yeah, Xeon. Encapsulation technology is really interesting. It was developed by Syngenta Legacy Companies many, many years ago. I want to say it was the late 80s or early 90s. And um, it's it's interesting because the technology remains proprietary to Syngenta. And there are a lot of generic pyrethroids out on the market, and none of them have been able to duplicate this particular technology. So with the Xeon encapsulation technology, the the active ingredient, one of the active ingredients in Endigo ZCX, Lambda Cyhalothrin, is encapsulated. And what this means for the grower is that the material, the, the active ingredient, is protected from UV light. It results in improved rain fastness and residual and very strong adhesion to plant surfaces compared to non-encapsulated pyrethroids. Endigo ZCX contains two active ingredients that really complement each other. The first one is lambda cyhalothrin, and that is generally a contact material and, of course, does incorporate the um, Xeon encapsulation technology uh, in, in the ZCX formulation. But the other active ingredient is thymethoxam, and that is a material that will move in to the plant across the leaf surface and form a reservoir of active ingredient that um, that, le- that leads to the long residual control of insects. So we put these two active ingredients together for a reason. They really complement each other. They help broaden the spectrum of the overall product, as well as provide robust and consistent control of, of the typical pests in soybeans. Which ultimately means fewer applications are needed? I think it really depends on the situation that you're dealing with. I mean, in, in many cases in a northern soybean, a well-timed 
application, a single well-timed application of Endigo ZCX can take care of your soybean aphid populations. What I think it does mean for growers is that you will have consistent and robust control and you won't be on what I call the ragged edge. <laughs> the ragged edge. Um, I love that. So tell me what you mean when you say the ragged edge. Well, when I when I say ragged edge, what I really mean is 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 sometimes where you see inconsistent performance, a performance that's not quite at a level that that you would like, or that that doesn't get you below uh, thresholds. But uh, with this particular product, Endo, Endigo ZCX. It's designed in such a way to provide robust rates of both active ingredients to keep you off that ragged edge. Makes total sense. Um, Jessica, I know that there's been some changes regarding chlorpyrifos. So what is that change and what does it mean for growers? So there was a change recently uh, for chlorpyrifos that revoked all tolerances for chlorpyrifos in all food uses. Indigo ZCX creates uh, a nice sub-in for chlorpyrifos, particularly where you're looking at foliar applications for soybeans, um, but there are other products in Syngenta's portfolio uh, for various other crops as well. Uh, So although one tool was taken out of the toolbox, so to speak, uh, we certainly feel good about the opportunities that Indigo ZCX will bring in terms of performance for growers. So I know our conversation is coming to a close, but is there anything else that you want to make sure to share with our listeners? I just want to hit on fungicide tank mixing with Indigo ZCX. So when you tank mix Indigo ZCX with a Syngenta fungicides such as Mirvis Neo, Tap, uh, Mirvis Tap, or Trivapro at R3, the benefit to the grower is you enable one-pass residual disease and pest control. That, of course, saves trips and saves the grower money. From a statistical nature, as far as what are the yield benefits, uh, there's really nice ROI with mixing Indigo ZCX with those fungicides I mentioned, uh, the Mervis Neo, Mervis Top, Trivapro. Uh, we have numerous data sets that shows anywhere on average from three, uh, in some instances we've seen as high as uh, seven bushels an acre benefit uh, using Endigo ZCX with those fungicides versus um, the fungicide alone or versus um, competitors, fungicides. Up to seven bushels is a big deal, as well as saving time in the field. Um, Thanks for sharing some of the exciting tools that we're bringing to growers. Um, It's such a great feeling, I'm sure, to work on something behind the scenes for years and then to finally see it come to market and get it in the hands of those that you're making it for. Anyone listening, you can learn more about this new insecticide at syngenta-us.com slash insecticides slash indigo-zcx or talk to your local retailer. April showers definitely brought May flowers, thankfully. It was getting gloomy there for a bit and completely downpoured last night, but it also brought back the Syngenta Pest Control Program. And we are pumped for another season of timely agronomic insight delivered right to your phone, aren't we, Adam? Oh, 100%. The gang's all here, from Virginia all the way down into Texas, leading 
university entomologists and Syngenta agronomic service representatives are sharing real-time audio updates of what they're seeing in the field. Which is amazing because they'll be able to provide relevant information on pests or disease outbreaks or what growers and consultants should be, uh, you know, on the lookout for specific to your state before it's too late. Oh, that rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and what's neat about the pest patrol program is that when you sign up, you can select which crops and states you want to receive text alerts for. So growers, retailers, consultants, anyone interested um, can sign up for these in-season pest alerts at syngenta-us.com slash pest-patrol to stay on top of any threats in their area. And we'll have some new faces in the program this year. So lots to look forward to. And with that, best of luck to all the growers getting their crops in the ground around this time. Um, looking forward to seeing how that all turns out. And we'll see you again next month. Thank you for listening to the Thrive Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to receive the latest updates in your favorite podcast listening platform. Always read and follow legal instructions. Acuron, Indigo ZZ, Indigo ZZX, Lexar EZ, and Luminax EZ are restricted use pesticides.